What's up, you guys? I'm Andrea. And I'm Haley. And you're listening to Inhuman, a true crime podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Thursday or whatever day you're listening on. (laughs) Um, Today's case was suggested by one of our listeners, so I want to thank you so much for sending that case in. Um, Also, if there's a case you'd like us to cover, you can visit our website, inhumanpodcast.com, and fill out our case suggestion form. We also have our listener stories form that you can fill out there as well, or you can always email us at inhumanmonsterpod at gmail.com I know there's like you know confusion on where to send stuff in sometimes people didn't you know hear the episode where we said hey you know email us or use our website and if people are listening from the start of the podcast we didn't have a website Website, (laughs) so if you're like just listening from the start and haven't gotten to the later episodes but if you're here now that's where you can suggest cases and welcome Thanks for listening. We love you. Okay, so today we are going to be discussing the case of Jolene Cummings. And I don't think I know this one. Yeah, it's a it's a very it's a very tough case. I know I say that like pretty much about every single case, but this one is really hard and just get ready. Strap okay. in cuz it's it's a wild ride. Okay. In 2018, Jolene Cummings was a 34-year-old single mother of 3 working at a local hair salon in Yulee, Florida. That salon was Tangle's Hair Salon, and Jolene was very reputable there amongst her clients. So she really prided herself on, you know, being a good hairstylist and making relationship with her clients, and it was very apparent that her clients loved her. Okay, that's Pretty much everyone who knew Jolene loved her. She was kind generous and responsible and no one ever anticipated what would happen to Jolene after beginning her employment at the salon. Mm. Jolene Rebecca Jensen was born on May 13th, 1984 and grew up in Nassau County, Florida. As a child, she lived with her mother, Anne and her stepfather. It's unclear when her biological parents parted ways and it doesn't seem like her father was too present in her life. Okay. Um, we don't really know too much about him. Okay. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. I don't know about y'all, but I am constantly striving to be the best version of myself, and sometimes that means incorporating therapy into your regular routine. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding, because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. I love therapy. If you've heard me ever talk about it, you know that. I say that every time because 
I'm a huge advocate for therapy. It helped me work through my anxiety and find ways to cope with my OCD and just find ways to better understand myself and things that I was doing so that they didn't affect my everyday life. And it was the best thing I ever did for myself. I'm so glad that you did that. (laughs) If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, which is awesome. Amazing. (laughs) Designed to be flexible, convenient, and it fits to your schedule no matter how busy you are. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com inhuman today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot inhuman. Jolene graduated in 2002, and shortly after high school, she and her boyfriend, Jason G., found out Jolene was pregnant. The couple learned that they were going to have a little baby girl, and despite Jolene being so young, she was determined to be a good mother. Oh, that's awesome. I know. It's like make the best of the cards you're dealt, you know? Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, their relationship did not last, and she and Jason ended up breaking up. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Jolene decided she needed a better life for her and her daughter, a fresh start, if you will. So they moved to Jacksonville, Florida, and Jolene began cosmetology school. She aspired opening her own salon one day, and I think that she would have been more than capable of meeting that goal. In 2012, Jolene was actively pursuing her cosmetology degree when she met Jason Cummings, and the two were quickly smitten with one another. Jason seemed absolutely perfect for Jolene. Everyone that knew their relationship said that he just fit that cookie-cutter kind of uh wants expectation needs that jolene kind of had in her mind and he was the perfect fit for her okay the two had met previously when they were kids as they had lived in the same neighborhood so they actually already knew each other and in 2012 they had reconnected on social media when jolene had been looking for a roommate okay oh that's so cool i know and jason very quickly moved in (laughs) before long the couple began dating and jason asked jolene to marry him and soon after they were married so it was kind of a whirlwind romance like met or re-met reconnected started dating got engaged got married all within the same like year that's so cool though like it was just like they were meant meant to to be. be yeah In 2013, the couple had their first child together, a son, and two years later, they welcomed their second son. Aww. Yeah. Anyone in their lives could easily see Jolene was a great mom. She always put her three children first and was absolutely obsessed with them. After completing cosmetology school, Jolene began working at Tangle's Hair Salon. In 2017, sadly... Jolene and Jason amicably decided to separate and file for divorce. Aww. There's not a little, uh, a lot of details as to 
why this happened. Um, and obviously it's none of our business, but it sounds like they were both in agreement and it wasn't messy or anything like that. So Okay, so that's good. Yeah, but yeah. that's still sad. I know. Especially when you hear like everyone say how perfect they were for each other. Yeah. While Jolene worked at Tangles, the hair salon, she quickly got to know her co- her co-workers and she got along really well with the majority of them. That's awesome. Yeah. However, there was a newer stylist, a woman named Jennifer Seibert, that raised some red flags for Jolene. Okay. So it sounds like, to me, Jolene was very... She had, like, discernment, and she was very, like, aware of her surroundings and maybe empathetic to the point where she could, like, read people really well. Right. But Jolene was suspicious of Jennifer and felt that she wasn't who she claimed to be. Okay. On May 11th, Jolene and Jennifer had gotten into an altercation at work, and according to witnesses, Jolene told Jennifer, quote, you're not who you say you are, and I'm going to find out who you really are. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So Jolene had told Ann Morgan, who worked at the salon with both of the women, that she could not explain what it was, but there was something about Jennifer that was not right. She couldn't put her finger on it, but there was just something just in her gut that told her that something's up. Okay. She just had that feel. I mean... You know, you have that gut feeling sometimes. I feel like we've all had that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and usually it's pretty spot on. Yeah. Ann Morgan later told investigators the two women frequently had arguments at the salon. And it would be over small things like who should wash the customer's hair or whether the thermostat should be on or off or what degree it should be at. Just little bicker. Right. It seems like she's like pushing buttons just to... To push yeah, buttons. Exactly. Like she had something, a vendetta against Jolene, it seemed like. Yeah. And Jolene was beautiful. I mean, she had big, bright eyes, blonde hair. Like she was just a very beautiful woman. Okay. On May 12th, both Jolene and Jennifer were scheduled to close the salon. The salon was um, going to close that day around 5 p.m. The following day was May 13th, and it was not only Mother's Day, but it was also Jolene's birthday. Aww. Her three children had been staying with Jason the previous night, and Jolene planned to meet Jason at a Winn-Dixie in Hillard, which was a neighboring town, to pick them up, but she never showed. Oh, no. Jason knew something was wrong. Around 6 p.m., he pulled up at Jolene. Jolene's mother, Anne, at her house and asked if she had spoken with Jolene and she had not. And she instantly grew, like, became worried. Okay. And this is so sweet because Matt does this for his mom, but Jolene would typically bring Anne flowers on her birthday as a little thank you for bringing her into the world. So... That was another thing that kind of raised suspicions with her mom as well. Is like normally at some point on her own birthday, she would bring her mother flowers and she hadn't been by yet. Right. Oh, that's so sweet. I know. Isn't it? That's <laughs> such a good idea. I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. I like it's like, that. yeah, it's, but, it is really sweet. 
that's very sweet but then also thinking about like the case that's so like obviously something's up yeah especially if she didn't like call or say you know like hey i am busy i'm gonna come by yeah right ann and jolene were very very close and they always had been since she was a child ann knew her daughter and she had a sinking feeling that something was terribly wrong oh no after trying to reach jolene for several hours and being unsuccessful the following morning on may 14th ann called the Fernandina Police Department to file a missing persons report on her daughter. Okay. Investigators first contact the owners of the Tangle Salon because that was the last known place that Jolene was. And they learned that Jennifer Seibert had also been working at the salon that day with Jolene and was likely the last person to see her. And they were able to obtain jennifer's address and phone number from the owners okay and they did this like right after she was reported missing yes okay yeah that's good. the same day yep i know i was like wow they really worked fast yeah they also had interest in contacting the the fathers of jolene's children so that would be jason g and jason cummings to question them as well especially because they had learned that just days prior to Jolene's disappearance, Jason G., which was her, um, her daughter's father, had mm-hmm. shown up to Jolene's home wanting to sleep over, and she promptly asked him to leave. Okay. He refused, and things got way out of hand, to the point that neighbors heard yelling and what sounded like items being slammed around the house, and they oh. immediately called the police. Okay. So, Jason G. was arrested on a probation violation due to an outstanding warrant. Hmm. But he was cleared as a suspect in Jolene's disappearance. Okay. Jason Cummings was also cleared pretty early in the investigation as well. So, they both had pretty solid alibis as to where they were during the time that Jolene disappeared. I mean, that's good that they were able to to clear them just because it it makes it so they're not like focused on them Mm -hmm. when they clearly didn't do anything so it's good that they were able to have solid alibis and clear them pretty quickly especially with jason g being kind of volatile and like having that that incident like i would have been bird's eye you know on him yeah yeah so it's good that they were able to have a solid alibi and clear him when investigators contacted jennifer seibert she refused to help Oh. Claiming she did not want her location to be known as she was hiding from an ex-boyfriend that she considered dangerous. Okay. I mean, I have a feeling I know where this story is going, but I understand that if that is the truth, Mm -hmm. but also like... Just... Just like there's... Yeah. Like your location (laughs) doesn't necessarily have to be revealed. Like... You're not going to put your name and your address in the paper and be like yeah exactly especially like you could tell them that and say i like this needs to be anonymous or like please don't share my name publicly or something like that Mm -hmm. plus you worked at a salon so like just going to the salon he like someone could see you someone could see you so why not just help the police like that that's not an excuse for not helping the police especially since you were the last person 
Literally. to see her. Yeah, exactly. So, despite Jennifer being the last person to see Jolene, she did not answer any questions by police. Okay. Jennifer also called the owners of the salon and told them that she had to quit, that she could not enge- that she could not get involved in any police activity, and she asked them to mail out her last paycheck. That's all very suspicious. Like, mm-hmm. if you didn't do it or weren't involved, why are you acting so sketchy? Yeah, it's and I understand, like, like you said, if she is literally fearing for her life and she is on the run from this boyfriend, but you're in a this is like a serious matter, like, like, be a different person, lie about your name, like whatever it takes to to do the right thing and help in the investigation. Yeah, all you have to do is like ghost everybody. (laughs) Yeah, all you have to do is like anonymously or or say to police, I'll, I'll tell you what I know, but I'm leaving town because I have a boyfriend that is stalking me or whatever it is. Like, there's right. ways to go about it without acting so this suspicious. suspicious. Yeah. yeah. On May 15th, so this is just a few days after Jolene was last seen, authorities received a tip that someone had spotted Jolene's empty 2006 beige ford expedition in a parking lot at a local home depot in yuli so when police pulled surveillance surveillance footage they discovered that jennifer was seen walking from the vehicle across the street to a gas station after parking the vehicle in the parking lot at about 1 17 a.m on the 13th, which would have been okay. early morning hours of after she had been missing. Right. Going okay. Missing. Police convinced Jennifer was involved, went to the salon in hopes to ask her more questions, and they learned that she was no longer working there. Investigators then were able to obtain surveillance footage from the hair salon, and they made a very grisly discovery they saw jennifer carrying several large heavy trash bags from the salon to a dumpster behind the building oh gosh they were also able to obtain surveillance footage from a local walmart because they had found a receipt Um, and it showed Jennifer purchasing cleaning gloves, ammonia, trash bags, and an electric knife right (gasps) before Jolene disappeared. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. And there's no reason to be purchasing all that stuff together Mm -hmm. and then also being seen carrying large Mm -hmm. trash bags out. Yeah. Did she think that if she just ran away, she like could just be on the run like oh just wait (laughs) oh gosh okay oh just wait yeah so investigators began piecing together what they believed happened and they assumed tangle's hair salon was now a crime scene right using luminol 
Crime scene investigators found large amounts of blood evidence on the walls, the chairs, cabinets, floors, and sink at the salon. And they quickly confirmed that DNA belonged to Jolene. No. I mean, I knew that was coming, but oh, how horrific. Police immediately put out a bolo, which is be on the lookout uh, for Jennifer Seibert. Okay. On May 16th, they located Jennifer at a rest area in St. John's County, parked in her black Kia Soul between two semi-trucks. It appeared to police that Jennifer had been living out of her car for some time. She also had a nasty cut on her face, like right under her eye, and she claimed that she had gotten that from a bicycle accident like she had ran into a tree while she was riding a bike but it was apparent to police that that was not a wound from a biking accident yeah that yeah (laughs) so they arrested and charged jennifer with at that time just grand theft auto thanks to the surveillance footage they were able to recover at the home depot 48 hours after being in police custody Jennifer admitted that she was not who she claimed to be. Oh, so Jolene was right. Jolene was right. I have goosebumps. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yeah. She knew. Isn't that crazy? Like, gosh. Wow. That I know. And you're just going to go admit it as soon as you get caught. Like, you probably killed her because she, she could tell that you weren't who you said She was you about were. to, like, blow up your spot or something. Yeah. And yeah. then all of a sudden... You're just going to admit it? Like, that's yeah. so... Oh. Well, she knew her... She knew they were, like, closing in on her. Because, you right. know, as soon as they start DNA, pulling fingerprints, whatever, they were going to find out who this bitch really was. Oh, yeah. So, Jennifer Seibert was actually 50-year-old Kimberly Lee Kessler. Okay. And she told police that she had been running from the FBI for 25 years. Oh, my God. What? She she told police that she had left home after high school and moved to Arizona, where she had met and began dating a man who was a professional bank robber. (laughs) Essentially, essentially, this man had become become obsessed with her and she had to escape him. And she eventually ended up in Florida living at various campgrounds. Okay. When investigators dug a little deeper into Kessler's story a bit more, they discovered that she was, in fact, lying her fucking ass off. Oh, my gosh. Kessler was actually from Butler, Pennsylvania, and in 2004, according to her family, she vanished. Okay. However... It was not until 2012 that Kessler was reporting reported missing by her mother. Okay. Yeah. So, regardless, Kessler was never seen or heard from again, and she was 35 at that time. And after brief brief investigation by police, they concluded that Kessler did not want to be found. Yeah. Okay, so, interesting. Yeah. So she actually went missing, was reported missing by her family, was on the missing person's roster for years, and then they did a little bit, you know, of investigation and 
they figured out that she did not want to be found. Right. Okay. Wow. Worse yet, Kessler had stolen the identity of Jennifer Marie Seibert, a 13-year-old girl who had died in a car crash in Germany in 1987. And she was... Buried in a Butler, Pennsylvania cemetery. So she basically just like went went to the cemetery, found a random tombstone, and said, "Okay, I'm gonna steal that person's identity." And this girl would have been much younger, right? Than than Kessler actually was. So she was lying about her identity and her age. Wow, that's so messed like, up. Like significantly, like twenty yeah. years difference or something. Jeez. Oh, so no wonder Jolene was like. There is something not right. Investigators searched Kessler's vehicle and they uncovered multiple false documents and identification cards revealing that she had lived in 33 cities and 14 states since 1996. Wow. Police also found socks, boots, and a pair of scissors inside Kessler's car and they tested them against Jolene's DNA, and they came back a match. Okay. Jolene's DNA and blood were also found inside a rented storage unit that Kessler had been using. Hmm. Yeah. Ugh. And she had gone, she had used over 18 aliases from the time wow. she went missing until she was finally caught. That's crazy. I know. In September of 2018, Kimberly Kessler was charged with first-degree murder. Immediately, her mental health became an issue after her arrest. Okay. Her counsel claimed Kessler was mentally incompetent to go to trial, but a judge later concluded that she was more than capable of understanding the case against her. And, like, I know that you have to be able to understand the case, and that's part of that, but also she was mentally sound enough to commit this murder so Mm -hmm. like you have to think about how much her mental health really did quote-unquote change and like what actually happened to her Mm -hmm. so I'm glad that they declared that she was competent enough to understand so she had to face trial right leading up to the trial, Kessler went on a hunger strike going from 196 pounds to a low of 74 pounds. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Was so, this purposeful? Yes. Okay. She, let me tell you. I don't know what to believe because I do think that she's severely struggling with some mental health issues. But I also think that this is just playing the part for her. Right. To some extent. And she feels like if she does all these little things that make her seem, quote unquote, crazy, that she's going to miraculously get away with this or something. Right. And clearly she's been doing this type of thing for years and years and years. Yeah. So it's like she definitely knows how to kind of manipulate her appearance and her personality Mm -hmm. and all of that to play a part. So I'm like you said, I'm sure she was suffering from some mental health issues, but it also seems like she was kind of making this happen. Just like a manipulator, gaslighter. Yeah. Yeah. In August of 2021, Kessler's trial began. 
The emaciated woman sat in a wheelchair bearing an anti-suicide smock and screamed obscenities at the judge. Oh, my gosh. So, as you can imagine, she was, of course, removed from the courtroom. Mm -hmm. And after this, Kessler refused to participate in the trial. Okay. She spent the majority of the trial in a separate room with a video link to the proceedings. And her mental health remained an issue throughout, throughout the course of the trial. Okay. At one point, the jail officials informed the court that Kessler would regularly strip naked and spread feces on the window of her observation cell. Oh, my God. She worked up two more charges while she was in jail, and those were battery on a law enforcement officer after one of these incidents included throwing feces at an officer. Wow. Yeah. During the trial, it was revealed that it seemed the murder of Jolene had been premeditated. When investigators searched Kessler's phone, they found searches for co-worker guilty of murder, missing person, body not found. And after Jolene had officially been reported missing, Kessler had searched her name 457 <gasps> times over a 48 hour period. Over 48 hours? Yeah. And oh she my also God. she also searched the terms Jolene Cummings, no body, no crime. <gasps> like she just did everything to get caught. But yeah. she probably just thought that she could run. Yeah. Just like she has. Yeah. yeah. And so it didn't matter that there was surveillance and that there was receipts and that there were search history mm -hmm. like it doesn't didn't matter because she was just gonna run yeah yep and honestly wow. like if they you know would have waited any more time frame to report her missing she may very well have gotten away at least for yeah a little, a little while and yeah. that's why police need to take it seriously when immediately especially parents know mm -hmm. or report their kid missing and saying something's wrong yep even if it's their adult 30, child yeah exactly yeah in December of 2021, Kessler was found guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Good. Yep. Life in prison is the mandatory sentence in a first-degree murder case if the death penalty isn't sought. Okay. So that was going to happen regardless. And right. Judge James Daniel, who proceeded over the trial, said that the sentence would have been imposed whether or not it was required. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Kessler is currently serving her sentence at the Lowell Correctional Institution in Marion County, Florida. Good. And I'm glad she has to spend forever in prison. Me too. She needs to. I mean, she's probably, who knows what other crimes she's committed or who other people she may have killed. Yeah. And just like identity theft and that is a serious crime and can really mess up people's lives. So like yeah. who knows how much she impacted and how many people she affected throughout oh. all the years she was on the run. Absolutely. So people that had previously knew Kessler said that everyone was literally afraid of her. During high school, she underwent a major change in her personality. Okay. Her previous classmates claimed Kessler was into witchcraft or voodoo or something real dark. 
And a previous boyfriend claimed that Kessler had stabbed him in the chest and bit his dad's leg. Oh, my gosh. So, as you can see, she has not had the best reputation for a lot of her life. Mm -hmm. And it does seem that she has struggled with, you know, some mental health issues for most of her life as well. But we don't really know too much about like her childhood and things like that like her mom did come forward during the trial and like kind of talk on her behalf Mm -hmm. but as far as like any great details as to like what possibly led her down this path it just kind of seems like it was just in her you know that's so sad because like i mean who knows in this case but she may have been able to get help early on that prevented this from happening but also we don't know how much of it was actually like mental health versus her her just just who she was yeah just acting out it's hard to say but hopefully she is being at least treated for mental health for her mental health in prison yeah i'm curious why she like up and vanished at 35 you know like what was it that there was yeah definitely something off and made her just like disappear there's definitely something that that happened in her life. Yeah. After Kessler was finally convicted of Jolene's murder, Sheriff Leeper of the Nassau County Police Department happily told the media, quote, we are going to celebrate her new home for the rest of her life, which is going to be Florida State Prison. He even went on to say that they were going to celebrate with cake and ice cream. <laughs> I love it's that. so funny because like he's real southern and like yeah. just him saying that and he's kind of old like an older an older <laughs> sheriff if you will i love um, that and it's just so cute when he said that but obviously like cake and ice cream doesn't negate the fact that someone lost their life and yeah. that she can never be brought back but i am glad that people are going to celebrate that this horrible woman is going to prison for the rest of her life yeah As of today, Jolene's remains have still not been found. Wow. Police have conducted many lengthy searches in several landfills, even reaching up to a landfill in Georgia in search of Jolene. Wow. Until that day, her family will not have any real closure. Jolene's mother and still ask for prayers that her daughter re- daughter's remains can be recovered so they can finally lay her to rest. They did um, present a memorial bench at Buchanan Park in Hillard. And, mm. you know, this is all that Jolene's mother, children, and family have of her. That's like, so have left heartbreaking. Of her. I know. In a statement, Anne said, quote, The children are surrounded by Jolene's pictures. While I know Jolene's soul is in heaven, I feel her spirit is here watching over her children. Sometimes I hear her say, Mom, do this or that. Kiss and hug the kids for me. And it brings a smile to my face and tears to my eyes. That's making me tear up. That's... I know. Wow. News for Jax, which is a local news source in that area reached out to the florida department of corrections for an update on kessler since going to prison in january of 2022 and contrary to her behavior in the nassau county jail the staff says that she has had no disciplinary reports 
Interesting. Okay. Maybe yeah. she realized, like, I'm in here for life. I can't this, be fucking around. Yeah. This isn't working, so the jig is up. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So that is the very horrific and tragic case of Jolene Cummings. Um, I mean, we there. I wanted to touch base on one thing. So there is a man. Uh, let me see if I can bring his name up really quick. See if I can find that article. I meant to jot it down, but I, of course, didn't. Because <laughs> there's a man who literally takes his own personal time and his own personal equipment and goes out searching for Jolene's remains. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's like an older gentleman, and he's been doing it for years, trying to find any oh. sign of her, just so her family can um, have answers. Yeah. Oh, or have closure. Yeah. Wow. It says, there's this one article that says, after sifting through 3.6 million pounds of trash at a South Georgia landfill over the past week, the FBI and Nassau County Sheriff said Friday they found several items of interest in the disappearance of Jolene Cummings. Oh, wow. So that was before before anyone was convicted? Before she was convicted, yeah. Right. Wow. But she had been charged at that point. But it doesn't say what those items were. So I wonder if they ended up not being anything of... Or it could have been used in the trial so it wasn't shared publicly. True. Yeah, I cannot find this article now. I thought I had it pulled up. And it was like um, people were talking about that they felt like they should have bargained... That, that she should have gotten the death death penalty, mm-hmm. but they should have bargained with her about where Jolene was. But literally, oh. she dumped her in the the dumpster behind the the work. Right, or behind so she the probably salon. didn't know. So there's no way for her to know where that ended up. And right, strangely oh, enough, like so it sad. didn't. You know, go like the people who pick up the trash. You would think that they would know where they like what landfill they. Right, like there should be records of like, yeah, where everyone goes. But maybe they did and it just, there's There's just so so much. much. Especially from a dumpster, from like a salon and probably other businesses. Like there's just so much. It's not like residential trash. Right, yeah. All right. Well, that is all I have for you guys today. Um, Definitely keep Jolene's family, her children, um, you know, in your thoughts and and just pray that her remains are eventually recovered and they can finally lay her to rest Um, because this is unimaginable and no family should ever have to go through something like this. No, that's just so like, yes her killer was found and brought to justice but without having her remains and being able to put her to rest like that's just no you don't have any closure no true closure yeah yep that's so sad but thank you guys so much for listening and thank you guys always for your support hope you all have a wonderful weekend and we'll have a brand new case for you guys on monday and until then keep it human bye